Hello, hello. Welcome to my reinvented podcast, Taboo, where we talk about all the things people are afraid to talk about. If it makes you uncomfortable, I'm probably going to talk about it. Life is too short for ambiguity. So thank you for listening, and here we go. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Taboo. Today, I'm talking about improving wellness and decreasing stress in the workplace. Anybody who works in an office job, although a lot of them are hybridized now after COVID, the stress that is associated with work is so detrimental to our overall health and well-being. According to the American Institute of Stress, 75 to 90% of visits to primary care physicians are for stress-related disorders, and studies have shown that occupational pressures and fears are the leading source of stress for American adults. 40% of American workers say that their jobs are very or extremely stressful, and 26% of employees reported that they are often very stressed at the workplace. Interestingly enough, aside from the fact that people feel stressed and it's not good for their health and well-being, there was an infographic that was created by Eastern Kentucky University's Occupational Safety Program, and it showed that companies spend about $300 billion a year for a combination of missed workdays and healthcare visits resulting from workplace stress. 70% of American employees are slowing economic growth by not working to their full potential. So basically, all of this is to say that if companies really started to focus on how they could decrease their employee stress and make the workplace environment more amenable and more of a happy place to be for their employees, they would probably save a lot more money than what they're currently spending on these healthcare-related visits, healthcare problems, people calling in sick because they're tired and burnt out, or they're actually sick and don't want to go to work. Uh, I know a trending sick call-out is actually mental health days, and I am a huge proponent of these. At my first PA job, after I had been there for a few months, I quickly was burning out because of the increased workload and the high volume of patients and the complexity that was required to see these patients, accurately treat and diagnose them, and deal with everything else going on bureaucratically in the office. And I used to tell my boss, I would send them a text the night before and I'd be like, hey, I'm super burned out. I'm actually taking a mental health day tomorrow. And I was fortunate enough that he was able to relate to what I was saying because he also worked in the office with me and he was also burnt out and exhausted and stressed And so this was the way our relationship worked. And I should also note that this is not something I did every week. I never called out every Friday or every Monday. But these mental health days for me would come maybe once or twice a year where I was just like, I am so burnt out and I want to do nothing today besides lay in bed and eat a good meal and read a book. And sometimes we need that. And respecting our body is super important. But for me, looking at it from a preventative perspective... It is so crucial that if you are an employer and you oversee employees or if you work for one of these big companies, how can we 
help prevent our employees from reaching this point of burnout? How can we create a space where people feel like they're truly part of a team and people actually care about their health and well-being? And so the first one is the most obvious. It's pay people what they deserve to be paid, pay people a livable wage, pay people something that is appropriate based on the amount of schooling and the amount of certifications and degrees that they needed to get to be able to work in the job that they are currently working in. So that one is a no-brainer, and unfortunately, some companies don't understand that, and they'd rather create a high turnaround of shitty employees who are not motivated and not dedicated instead of paying a great employee, a loyal employee, a hardworking employee, $10 more an hour or whatever it may be to promote employee retention, loyalty, and actually reward their hard work. And when you look at the current work models that are in place in society and in corporate America, a lot of employers surprisingly have not realized that incentivizing employees is the best way to get people to continue coming to work, continue putting in the effort, and continue enjoying working at their job. And by incentivizing employees, a lot of companies think that means buying us pizza once a month as a, oh, congrats, it's Hispanic Heritage Month, everybody enjoy. Or, oh, congrats, you guys survived the quarter, here's a pizza party. And the pizza party idea is so insulting as an employee who's put their heart and soul into their job every single day to receive the paycheck that they receive. So if you are an employer or if you work for a company that's progressive and open-minded and looking for ways that they can improve employee mental health, improve employee connectivity, and just make it a better, healthier, less toxic place to work, these are some great ideas or suggestions that I would recommend bringing up. I'm going to start with my favorite one, and that's creating workout groups either before or after work or during your lunch break. For example, when I worked at my first job in primary care in Queens, I would bring all my lunches packed. I would bring all my snacks and everything so that I wouldn't have to spend money on buying food and I wouldn't have to take time to go walk and get whatever I was getting. And I remember um, I joined Blink, which was the, the gym over there. It was like $15 a month. And I had spoken to one of the higher-ups to see if that could be reimbursed, the gym membership, since it wasn't anything, you know, astronomically expensive. And they said it could be. And they were like, you know what? If you get people to start going to the gym with you and they go consistently, we will pay for their gym memberships. And that's what I did. I got people to start going to the gym with me on our lunch break. And sometimes they couldn't go during the lunch break, but they would go after work or before work. And their memberships were paid by the head employer of the job. And that seems like something so minuscule, but that's something so easy that they can do for you to support your health and wellness and support you as a person by saying, hey, look, we value your health and well-being. We value your priorities and we're proud of you for putting your health first Send us the receipt of your gym membership and we'll pay it for you. And I understand that that's not possible for everybody. And maybe you don't have a $10 Planet Fitness or a $15 Blink around the corner. And so another great idea would be to do workout groups during lunch, which that's what I did before I got the uh, reimbursement for the gym membership. 
I used to teach Zumba classes and HIIT training, and it was open to any of the employees who wanted to come. We would do it in the lunchroom, and we would all get a great sweat on, and then we'd sit down, we'd eat together, and everybody would go back to work. And it was such a fun hour where we got to really prioritize ourselves, have fun, create teamwork with ourselves and each other, show ourselves that the limit really doesn't exist. And then we would learn, oh, what is so-and-so eating? Oh, that's a great lunch idea. Ooh, I should cook that at home. And it was so amazing to see how people were motivated by watching other people. When I first started, I had like one or two people who would show up consistently. And I just kept going at it because I was like, okay, I'm going to work out anyway. This is my workout time. Whoever wants to show up can show up. And after the first month or two, there was a good 10, 12 people who would show up and work out with us every day. And it was so much fun. And I remember being so proud of this one girl, Sandra. She had started eating healthy and she was really motivated. And by the end of a few months of doing the workout plan and just eating healthier, she had lost about 20 to 25 pounds. And everybody at work had noticed and they were all so proud of her. And it really created that team feeling and that camaraderie that we are all in this together and it is not a competition. And in the healthcare industry especially, health is so bad. Doctors, surgeons, all the medical professionals are actually some of the unhealthiest people. A lot of them smoke on their lunch breaks or go outside and smoke because they're so stressed and they haven't developed proper coping mechanisms Most of them don't work out because they don't have time. They have kids, they have families, they have other commitments and they just don't get around to going to the gym or creating that space for themselves. And they eat really poorly. A lot of them just eat fast food because they don't have time to cook and they have the money to spend on all this food that's around, especially in New York City. And they just go across the street and get Chick-fil-A and Chipotle and all these things when they could just cook their own simple home-cooked meals at home. And so those are some simple, simple ways to really just increase the friendships at work, decrease the work tension, like getting that hour of moving the body in during the lunch break and knowing when you got home, I already worked out, I've been eating healthy, I had a great day. And then when you sit in that chair after that lunch break, you're like, ah, it feels good to sit because I was just moving for the past hour and I got a good sweat. So those are some great easy tips of things that I've tried in the past at my job. Of course, you have to have bosses and companies that are willing to listen to you and teammates who are willing to be on board, but sometimes they may not be on board. It may just be you pioneering and paving the way, but people will be inspired by you whether you know it or not. And that's something that I've learned over the years. And so just keep doing what makes you happy and other people will join. Another super simple thing, which always reminds me of elementary school, is a morning meditation or a journaling exercise before starting work. Imagine if every day you went into the office, instead of being bombarded with things that you need to do and a list of meetings and, you know, the the daily to-do list that's given to you by your boss or your coworkers, imagine if you had a journal the way that you did in elementary school and they would say, write down five great things that you did this weekend. Write down your goals for the week. Think about ways that you can be a better teammate or coworker for your people in your department. And just that five-minute exercise will really help people think about how can I be my best self? What am I grateful for? 
What are my intentions this week? What things absolutely need to get done? And what things would be nice to get done, but I don't need to put this pressure on myself to kill myself and get them done before the end of the week. So again, something super beautiful, really quick, less than five minutes, quick journaling and reflection or a quick silent meditation where you just breathe. And that will really change the ambiance. You know, a lot of times people, especially if you're driving or you're commuting into your job, people get to work rushed. They're stressed. They're flustered. They're running late. They're apologizing to everybody. And that's one thing that I've, I've really switched my perspective on. You know, we are a culture of, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm late. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And really just shifting that into something as beautiful as thank you so much for waiting for me. Thank you so much for your patience. Thank you so much for your understanding. There was terrible traffic this morning. Really shifts it from that victimization of, oh my God, I'm sorry, I'm running late. Oh my God, it's not my fault. The train didn't show up on time. And it really takes the blame away from you. And instead of being so hard on yourself and having others be so hard on you, it really shifts it to a space of gratitude and gratefulness with just being like, thank you so much for showing up today. Thank you for your patience. Thank you so much for waiting for me before starting the meeting. I really appreciate it. So just flipping that switch in your mind and changing that perspective, beautiful. Another great way to improve wellness in the workspace is to facilitate ways for people to be more active. So maybe that's incorporating standing desks so people aren't sitting in chairs hunched over all day. Maybe it's doing chair yoga after like two hours, you take five or 10 minutes and just do some basic stretches to release some neck, shoulder, trap tension. Maybe it's taking stretch breaks together with your department or with your team and taking five minutes where you literally just grab your feet and stretch your quads, lean over to one side and the other, stretching out your obliques, touch your toes or try to. Those simple steps that seem so childish over time will become great steps of magnitude where before you could barely touch your knees and now you're hugging your arms around your legs as you touch your toes. Everything, again, is a practice and it's about consistency and the things that we get good at are the things that we prioritize to actually try to do every day as best as we can. This one is my personal favorite because diet and exercise are really at the forefront of our health and well-being, especially as we get older and older. It's creating an environment of health in the workplace. I remember when I worked at my urgent care job, I would go into the lunchroom and they would actually have snacks for us but the snacks were total garbage. How can we as healthcare employees who are telling people to fix their diets and exercise be walking into the lunchroom and eating packs of Oreos and Cheez-Its and goldfish and drinking sodas instead of having a bowl of carrots with hummus or eating a nice big salad? And so if you're an employer or you work for a company that's open to suggestions, really advertising, I would like healthy snacks. I would like you guys to have me make healthy decisions. I would like you guys to have healthy options when you cater events and you do food parties. Like, why are we bringing giant bags of Popeye's chicken or McDonald's french fries when you could be ordering a giant healthy salad with delicious fruits and vegetables that people will actually eat? Because when you put healthy options out there, people will eat them if other people are eating them. But if you put 10 trays of you know, Taco Bell tacos or Dunkin' Donuts, of course people are going to grab them. And that's a product of what we see, what's available, especially in a workplace where you're stressed because you will eat anything, honestly. When you go into the workplace, you're stressed out, you need a break, you go into the lunchroom, you're going to grab whatever you see because any kind of food that you're putting in your mouth will help you with your food anxiety and your stress eating. So why not make that celery and carrots, 
hummus and healthy chips, guacamole instead of all these terrible options that are available, Doritos and Fritos and all that stuff. And last but not least, a great way to improve wellness and decrease stress in the workplace is to set boundaries for your employees. Be respectful of people's time, especially if they're salary-based. At my first medicine job, I was paid salary. We did not get overtime pay or time and a half, and we did not get paid if we stayed late. My hours were 7.30 to 3.30. At 3.29, I had my backpack on and I was ready to walk out the door. And everybody knew that I was leaving. You were not going to stop me and talk to me for 20 minutes about a patient that I saw at 9 a.m. that morning. I was not going to call a pharmacy and do a prior authorization for a prescription 10 minutes before I was leaving. No. The last 10 minutes of my job, I was winding down, logging off, setting up everything for tomorrow, cleaning the room, and I was ready to go. Why? Because time is money. And if you are not paying me for my time, then why am I staying to help you do something when I'm not being compensated appropriately for it? And so I really feel for people who have bosses who do meetings at like four o'clock in the afternoon, especially if they're people who don't respect time, because if your job ends at 5 p.m. and it's 4.59 and you're still sitting in a Zoom meeting and you don't know when it's going to end, what does that say about your boss respecting you, respecting your life, respecting your time. So I think really being able to have professional conversations and setting boundaries around, hey, look, I really appreciate you wanting to have this meeting. I think we should do the meeting at three o'clock instead of four because I really need to leave at five. And that is something that's really easy for people who are older, for people who have kids, because they can play that card. Oh, I have to go pick up my kid. I have to do X, Y, Z with my kid. And your boss can't really tell you anything because kids are prioritized in society. But I find as somebody with no kids, it's so much harder to get out of things because me having my own life outside of work doesn't seem to be a sufficient excuse for a lot of people. And for me, that's a pain point. At my last urgent care job, I remember our schedule would be like 8 to 8 or 9 to 9. Or sometimes if I worked a 16-hour shift, it was like 7 a.m. to 11 p.m. And they had this policy that they could let patients walk in. For example, if I'm getting out at 11 p.m., if a patient walked in at 10.59 p.m., I was expected to see them. Even if it was for arm pain that they had been having for six months. And that made my blood boil. Because to me... The company not putting a policy that said something like, if you come in 15 minutes before close and it's not an emergency, unfortunately, we're not seeing you tonight. They basically, to me, indirectly were saying, we do not respect your time and your personal life. Because especially if you've been working somewhere for 12 hours or 16 hours and somebody walks in one minute before close for something that is not urgent, which don't even get me started on that because the definition of urgent care is something that is urgent why do I now have to push back my commute time to get home? I have no idea. And with medicine, you have no idea what time you're going to get out to, right? Like you don't know what that last patient's there for. Are they walking in because they cut their finger with glass and now you're going to have to put 20 sutures in and you need an x-ray to make sure there's no glass? Or are they walking in because their ear hurts, you look in their ear and there's nothing wrong with it and you send them home with Advil? You know, the complexity is unknown to you until you put them in the room, take their vitals, sit in the chair and listen to them. And so part of the workplace environment is really respecting your employees and respecting that they are people with their own lives and their own passions and commitments and engagements outside of the workplace. 
And so if you have bosses who think that you do nothing but just show up at this job and work at this job all day and you have no personal life or hobbies or goals or family members or friends to see after work, I think having a conversation with them and really setting that boundary is so important. And I did that at my other job with without any fear or hesitation. And I always told myself, you know what, if they want to fire me because I don't want to see a patient who walked in one minute before work, then this is not the company for me. Because the company that values me and respects me as an employee will be respectful of my time and understand that if I've been working somewhere for 12 or 16 hours, the last thing I want to do is deal with a patient who's coming in a minute before close. Because first of all, that patient's super inconsiderate. If you don't think that people who work in restaurants or just customer-facing industries want to get home and see their families and you have the inconsideration to show up five minutes before a restaurant closes to sit down and order a meal and take your sweet time, I'm just letting you know that for the record, they hate you. They are all sitting there waiting to go home, waiting to see their families, waiting to get sleep, eat, whatever that may be. And you had the whole day to go. So this is the same for meetings. Why would you schedule a meeting 30 minutes before you're leaving, an hour before you're leaving? Why wouldn't you just set that up early in the day, give yourself ample time to do that, and prevent all of those situations and scenarios from arising? And that will create a connection and a relationship out of respect and healthy boundary setting with your employees, with your employer, and will create a non-toxic work environment. Because if your employees always know they're going to get out on time and their time is respected and they can make plans outside of the workplace, then they will be more incentivized to come into work. And things as simple as being grateful for your employees, getting them little trinkets, little gifts of appreciation besides a mug that says best employee ever or a pizza party are really nice gestures that show that you care about who they are as people. Getting to know your employees. What do they like? What are they passionate about? Facilitating room for growth for your employees. For example, if you really like biking, starting a biking club and getting all your friends who work with you to join you before work and go biking together. That creates camaraderie. That creates teamwork. And that translates to not only what you're learning while you're on a bike working out with each other, but that will also translate into how you can delegate tasks and share activities for work in the workplace during the workday. So overall, corporate America really needs to take some lessons, really needs to learn that these are the ways that you create a happy workplace, a happy work environment. And if you look at the companies that are rated the best to work at, companies like Facebook and Google, that's what they've done. They've basically incentivized their employees so much that their employees love working there and they don't even think it's work. I had a friend who worked at Facebook pre-COVID and we all used to go hang out there for happy hour on the rooftop and I was always shocked because they had all of these different cuisines available for lunch. The breakfast, lunch, and dinners are free. They had alcohol in the fridge, if you can believe that, and none of the employees abused of that. Well, I can't say none because I, I wasn't working there, but the majority of the employees respected that, set their boundaries, they were there to work, they also were there to play, and they had a true team. And I think that all of these smaller companies and companies that are not doing so well in that realm should really take notes from these big companies because that is how you truly create employee engagement, teamwork, happiness in the workplace, decrease stress in the workplace, and just improve people's overall health and well-being. 
So in summary, if you're an employer and you're looking for ways to get your employees to enjoy going to work, or if you're an employee and you would love to sit down with your employer and discuss any of these things, some great ideas would be implementing workout groups before, after, or during lunch. Uh, also, before or after work would be great. Encouraging connection and teamwork with each other, using team building exercises, creating a space for play in the workplace, creating space for morning meditation or journaling either before or after the workday, letting people reflect, letting people take a few moments for themselves before they turn that off and become subservient and workers for this company. Creating space for movement, standing desks, chair yoga every few hours, stretch breaks either individually or as a team. Offering employees healthy snacks, healthy food and catering choices when you do parties and events. Creating workout groups and activities that say, we care about you and your health. We want you to prioritize your well-being. We're willing to invest in you and your health. And instead of getting you $50 of pizza, we're going to get you, you know, sweet green salad bowls and you can customize them to your liking, your food and dietary restrictions and whatever your caloric needs are. Paying people livable wages. So paying people what they deserve when you look at the current cost of living and how that is constantly changing and fluctuating. And last but not least, Setting boundaries around meeting times, being respectful of people's times, especially employees who are salary-based. Because if you're not being compensated for your time and that's not in your hours that you are scheduled to be working, then why are you doing it? So I hope this was helpful. I hope this gives you some tips for how you can maybe strike up a conversation or implement some of these ideas in your workplace and how you can mitigate some of that workday stress, create friends at work that make the workday seem not so bad, and really prioritize your health and well-being because at the end of the day, that's what really matters. We're all replaceable. And so if your health isn't at the forefront of your job, you're probably in the wrong job. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something new. I hope this planted some seeds for ways that you can bring these ideas into your job or share them with your coworkers and family members. Have a wonderful day or night wherever you may be. Sending you so much love. Until next time.